Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the award-eligible Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. Today, we are going to preview Atlanta United's MLS match on Saturday against Nashville. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And I hope that you have the AJC on your Twitter because we're doing some fantastic coverage of what is going down in Fulton County. In the rest of this podcast, you're going to hear from manager Gonzalo Pineda, captain Brad Guzan, new signings Tristan Miyamba, Jean De Silva, and Saba Lobjanice. That might be the only time you ever hear me pronounce his last name because, as you know, I'm unintentionally awful with my pronunciations. But let's get into some details about this match really quickly. Atlanta United is 10-7-8. Nashville is 11-8-5, so they are tied on points. They are all trying to climb up this crazy table in the Eastern Conference. Atlanta United, by virtue of its 2-0 win over Seattle, moved up to sixth last week. Well, I'm sorry, it's actually in seventh, but it's tied on points with sixth place Nashville, 38 points. They both trail third place Philadelphia by two points and a reeling New England team for second by five. No one is catching Cincinnati, which is going to win the Supporter Shield with 51 points. Nashville is, of course, managed by Gary Smith, who has some ties to the Silverbacks from a long, long time ago. Nashville on the road is 3-6-3. Atlanta United at home is 7-2-3. Nashville's goals for and against are 31-22. and 22. Its expected goals for and against are 32.2 and 26.1. So it's pretty much scoring as it's supposed to and defending as it's supposed to. Conversely, it has only won one of its past five MLS matches, but did very well in the League's Cup, as many of you know. Conversely, Atlanta United is 44 and 39 goals for and against, but its expected goals are 34.1, which means it has scored some worldies this season. And its goals against is 29.6, which means it has allowed either some worldies or some easy ones, depending upon how you want to interpret the play. The player to watch for Nashville, of course, is Hani Mukhtar, reigning MVP, going up against Yorgos Yakamakis, who trails him by one in the race for the Golden Boot this season despite playing in six fewer matches. And Atlanta United also has to watch out for Jacob Schaffelberg, who has caused them trouble both at Toronto and now at Nashville. So now we got all that silliness out of the way. If this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean Breeze. Tropical Beach. Pina Colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, if you watch the game on Sunday, beautiful Lumen Field, beautiful Seattle, Tristan Miamba made his second start, his first MLS start for Atlanta United, and once again performed very, very well. 
Pineda talked a lot about today, just his intelligence, his his movement, his understanding of space, his ability to hit a crisp pass that a teammate can either one time or touch and turn and do whatever he wants to. But let's hear if Miyamba is enjoying himself here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm enjoying uh, We win the, the, last, uh, the last game, so uh, it's good. I feel good. And, you know, asked him what he thinks he's doing well. I think now I'm not uh, at uh, 100% of my physicality, uh, but uh, I try to, 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 to do my, my best. So maybe uh, this week, the, the, the next game, I will, I will be more good. So right, right, right. Wanted to follow up with Miyamba about his ability to play in space with the ball. How does he read the game and how did he develop that skill? Yeah, that's my that's my quality. So uh, I like to, to to control the game, to to create space for for my teammates. So I uh, I work for for the team. I help my my teammates. So that's that's my that's my my role. So it's good. It's good. How did you learn that? Uh, in my in my formation. So <laughs> ac- academy. So when I was young. So. That's my that's that, that's my role uh, in in the team. So now it's uh, it's not easy because uh, it's just the beginning uh, for for me uh, in the in this this team. But uh, I think that uh, that's a good start, and uh, and we we will be better uh, every every week uh, every past week. Yeah. Yeah. Coming up at Monaco's Academy. If you don't know much about Monaco's Academy, it is a world class producer of talent. There are players all over Europe who've come up through that academy, which is where Mayimba came up. And then I wanted to follow up with him on a player that he looked up to when he was younger. And his answer or answers are pretty good. Uh, one is is a pretty much a household name. I think uh, I like a lot of players. So I like uh, Modric, uh, you know, Thiago Alcantara. Mm-hmm. When I was young, I like to, to watch a lot of video to, to the, this player. So uh, now I try to, 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 to be my, the, be, the best version of, of me. So I know, I know my quality. I know what, uh, what uh, I, can, I can help uh, the, the team. And I know uh, what, uh, what I, I can um, uh, work for for be better. So I, I need to, to work. We need to, to keep going. And, 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 yeah. All right. Brad Guzan was next to talk to us on Tuesday in the heat. They had a lot of supporters out there. Um, sometimes at Londiana does this three or four times a year. They'll have groups come out. So the players were got to interact with them a little bit. They got to interact with the players. So that was cool. Uh, Guzan walked over, uh, wanted to ask him in Seattle, what did the defense do well? And, you know, in that 10 minute stretch at the end of the first half and the 15 minutes at the start of the second half, what were some of the things that went wrong and what do they need to work on? I think, you know, we talked about a little bit leading up into the game and I think we're at our best defensively when we have the ball, uh, when we're able to dictate the game. Um, you know, with that being said, I think we, we dodged a few bullets, especially in the second half. Um, but, uh, you know, any time you step on the pitch, you need a little bit of luck on your side. And the other night, we certainly had that. That was their seventh shutout this season against Seattle. I was curious to get Brad's take on how Mayumba's ability to control the game helped the defense. Obviously, we've all seen this quality now for, for quite some time. You guys just seen it now probably 
for the first or second time. Um, you know, his ability to, to elude pressure, his ability to see the next pass, uh, but see the next pass forward, uh, I think is huge for us. Um, you know, people talk about breaking lines and, and these sort of things, but his ability to, to keep the ball under pressure, uh, but then find find the out, whether that's him dribbling out of pressure, whether that's him finding the, the next pass forward, um, that's, a, that's a, a, big, uh, a big help for us. And then I tried to drill down a little bit more with Brad on the mistakes that Atlanta United made against Seattle. Was it good play by Seattle? That is one of the has been consistently one of the best teams in the league, or self-inflicted issues from the team? No, listen, it was it was you know it was obviously a, I think a, a bit of a, a bit of both to be honest. Um, you know, we were a team that wants to build, and and when you build. There's going to be times it's a mispass, a mistouch, uh, what what have you, and um, you know we then try to react as best we can, and so um, you know hopefully those things don't happen often, uh, and then at the same time, um, you know Seattle, I think they changed, they changed how they dealt with us, especially after the first 30, 35 minutes, um, which again that that happens in in sports where. The opposition adjusts uh, when things aren't going well for them, um, and then uh, you um, you've you've got to be ready for that as best you can. Now, Jean De Silva, we got to talk to him today. He made his debut against Seattle. Did very very well. Uh, took three shots, three on goal. Kind of played more as an inverted winger on the left side, cutting in on his right foot. Had good combinations with Tiago. Good combinations with Yorgos. Good combinations with Caleb Wiley supporting him at, at left fullback. Curious to hear from him what he needed to work on. I think we we always can do better, you know. I think uh, we can improve. We can improve in in all aspects in the game. So that's what we're trying to do every session. What about you game. personally? What did you What did you do well in the game, and what do you think you can do better for Saturday? As I said again, we can improve <laughs> every time. You know, everything, we can improve everything. So. Uh, I'm gonna. I watch the game after the game, and uh, I see. I watch. Uh, I saw what what I need to do better, and I'll try to improve the next game. Zonda uh, has not gotten to play in Mercedes-Benz Stadium yet. Was curious if he's looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah. What's the biggest stadium you've played in? Out of curiosity. The biggest stadium I played in, I think, was maybe Benfica. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From outside, it looks big, but from inside, it's even bigger. You know? Okay. Yeah. And with the fans, amazing. Sabo was next up today. He was signed by the club on August 2nd as a designated player. He will be an accounting designated player, which means the team is almost certainly going to buy him down uh, using allocation money and make him a TAM player in the offseason. He was signed on August 2nd. Uh, his P1 visa was secured last Saturday, I believe it was. He made his training debut on Wednesday, made his media debut today. A really nice guy. He doesn't look like your typical professional soccer player. He's very lithe. Uh, he's got the frosted tips on, on his hair. He's got uh, at least one tattoo we saw, which is kind of an outline of something. Um, you know, kind of thinnish legs, thinnish frame, but he's got speed. And I've been told that he is good with both feet. Wanted to ask Saba how he's going to help this team win games and climb up the table. Yeah, I, 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 first of all, hello, and uh, yeah, I hope I will uh, I will help the team a lot. 
and I have a uh, confidence about that, you know. So uh, I think uh, I can do that, you know, like uh, give, uh, get, like make some good things in the team, you know. He brings a wealth of experience. All four players that Atlanta United signed, the fourth being Jamal. It's either Thierry or Thierry. I'm not sure how you pronounce your last name, Jamal. I apologize. He's still in Senegal. He has not arrived. But you add them all together, and it's more than 600 professional appearances. So here's Saba talking about what he thinks his best qualities are developed over his almost 300 appearances. I don't know. Like I'm an <laughs> offensive player, you know? So I think... Uh, Creating some good uh, final passes, mm-hmm. I think it's my one of the best things. Then I was curious if he'd been paying attention to MLS these past couple of seasons, and if it was a place he wanted to go, or was it kind of a messy effect? No, of course I I was uh, I was watching uh, MLS also. Okay, uh, and not so often because uh, some games it's uh, in the morning in Europe, so it, it was really hard, but. Like, uh, so many times I watched it, you know, so I, I, I would like every time, you know. Like. Now, we had heard that negotiations between Atlanta United and Saba's former club in Turkey, Hattaspor, uh kind of went on again, off again, on again, off again. So I was curious if Saba had to kind of push for the move, which players sometimes do. You know, yeah, yeah, it was a little bit hard, you know, like about this situation because my Turkish team, they wanted me also to for next season. But, uh, you know, I talked to them also and they they understand me also because I wanted to come here. So I told them so everything was uh, fine. Yeah, like, like final. And now at Lenny United, I wrote a story about this a couple of weeks ago, sends out a recruiting packet to potential players which it shows off the training camp and the stadium and just all the things that a player might want to be happy, including things as simple as, as barbershops or hairdressers for the wife, th- things like that. I was curious from Saba what he liked about the recruiting packet. Yeah, this everything is absolutely amazing, really. Okay. Uh, first of all, I did not see the stadium on the live, but uh, I saw the videos, everything, and uh, it's so cool. And also facility, it's it's amazing, really. Like what you want, like your your mood every time will be good, you know. Because I have com- you have comfort everything, you know here. So no excuses, you know. Like if you don't play good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now switching to Gonzo, he was last up today. Cup of coffee in hand, as always. Uh, this was Saba's second training session. I was curious from Pineda how the new player has looked. Very good. Uh, two sessions. Um, he seems to be uh, very happy, very, very happy to be here and um, just ready to go. Uh, I think he's probably out of all the new players, the, the one that uh, comes with more uh, fitness work in behind. So he sh- his adaptation should be faster than the rest. And uh, we're very happy with that because he's, of course, available for this game and, and he, might, he might see his debut. You heard me talk just a minute or two ago about all the experience these new signings have. Wanted to ask Pineda if it makes coaching a little bit easier because these guys have seen everything. You don't a coach doesn't have to explain every little thing because these guys have that experience. 
Well, it's never easy. To be a coach is never easy. I think you always have different challenges. You have too much experience. You have to manage a bit more the egos and some other things. And when it's a younger team, yes, they're hungry. They're, you know, brave. They are very intense. Uh, but you have to try to get them to know the moments of the games and the situations and, and that experience. So it's never easy. But what I would say is it was uh, a point of emphasis on, on, on the new players that, that we needed a little bit more experience. We needed... Uh, couple guys that went through some other you know situations and they know how to act in 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 a difficult league like like MLS and uh, but yeah I think they will impact on that uh, it's not a, it's not just their age but their personality their <laughs> character I mean they're they are they're very good so far so good. and Pineda gave a very very long answer about a detailed uh, appreciatedly detailed answer about Miyamba and Silva, and what did he like about their performances against Seattle? Well, I would say that uh, if, if you watch Tristan in his team in, in France, and then now you watch him now, it's a bit different. It's a bit different. It's not exactly the same. Um, we always knew the characteristics that he had. He seems his soccer IQ always looked very high, but he was more, you know, in a four-four-two, well organized, just, just, just solid block and then counter from there he was just covering ground side to side and then yes he was aggressive in the challenges but but that's it then good in possession but not moving too high uh, meant very often or around he was just double pivot and, and he was like that so initially um i think uh, we knew that he could get here but but he did just instantly and i think it's it's yes he's the new player shande uh tristan now saba one thing is their own attributes, their own characteristics, and the other is how the team integrates them, how uh, the pair of Rosetto with Tristan is working well, and how they pass to each other, how they move for each other. Same with Thiago, Shande with Thiago, Tristan with, uh, you know, uh, with Rosetto. So those little, you know, pairs that help the team is also important. Now, if we have to talk specifically about those two, uh, Tristan, I mean, you you see, right? You see his, I don't know, spatial awareness. I don't know how you tag it, but uh, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, his understanding of time and space is fantastic. And uh, so he's just an intelligent player that is versatile. He knows when to drop, when to stay double pivot, when to go out, when to go higher. And at times just not being there, but getting there on, on one move is uh, very smart. Um, and technically he helps, physically he helps. So there are many attributes. Uh, what I would say is also he helps others around him to be better. Like he helps Rosetto to be better, Thiago to be better, Brooks to be better. Like everyone around him, uh, just, just he makes them play. And, and that's very good. Shande, I, I would say that um, is, is providing a lot of quality on the left side. I think he's quality, his first touches, his the way he goes at people, the way he connects in the final third with people, he's integrating very well with Thiago, I think that partnership is going to be very good for us, and still both are not 100% physically, I, I would say that still there are, they have room for improvement, I think Tristan is closer to 100%, but still he's missing a little bit, and then uh, Shande, he will get there in a few games, but it's impressive that those two are already impactful players and they're not 100% physically, so very good. As I mentioned earlier, Nashville went into the League's Cup with just one win in its previous five MLS games, but went on a roll all the way uh, into the late rounds of the League's Cup. 
I was curious from Gonzo if watching film pre-Leagues Cup and post-Leagues Cup, what has changed for Nashville? They're a good team. I mean, I, I don't see yes, the form and all that. It's too long since the MLS was played and, and they didn't play this weekend. So um, I would say that uh, they're a solid team. They're a very, very solid team. Um, they have a lot of experience line by line. They have uh, solid players, experienced players, guys that know how to play in their system. Uh, of course, we all notice the quality they have up front with Mokhtar. Uh, but Sorich, the new guy, is pretty good. I mean, the outside players, Fafa is suspended, but uh, this kid, Schaffenburg, uh, he, he hurt us last time, so he, we remember that. Uh, Moel is pretty disciplined, very good, hard worker, both box-to-box guy. He can change their shape a little bit at times in back five, at times he's 4-4-2. Four, four, uh, their double pivot is pretty solid, you know, so that's McCarthy. Um, you know, uh, Godoy can be some babies like whatever pair they put there it's a solid pair of center needs the center back Zimmerman of course he didn't shoot his voice his strength as a center back set pieces so they are a very solid team uh, and, and that's what we look at then the form yes at times changes from one tournament to the other but uh, they are a team that is never easy to play against and I should point out Nashville has a couple of locals on it Walker Zimmerman and Shaq Moore uh, if you're familiar with them they should be playing on Saturday. Mercedes-Benz kickoff will be around 7.39 p.m., so please don't tweet and ask me that because now I've told you on the podcast. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, and again, it has to be today. It can't be tomorrow. You have to do it today. You get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, our politics, our breaking news, our investigations, our food and dining, and so much more. You get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. Think of all that information you're getting for just 99 cents for three months. That's a ton of news, information, things to do, places to see, sports things to read, the Braves, the Bulldogs, the Yellow Jackets, Atlanta United, the Hawks, the Falcons, Georgia State, Kennesaw State, all the good things. All right, on to the mailbag. That number is 404-526-AJCP. That's 404-526-2527, 404-526-2527. I have to say it three times or Shane will beat me mercilessly. We start with Matt from Mosley Park. I understand that United is shooting for a home playoff spot, finishing fourth or higher. An optimi- very optimistic view has us finishing fourth or higher, and a less optimistic view has us finishing still in the playoff positions, but not at a home game. If that occurs, you know, we, we don't get fourth or higher, but we do make the playoffs. 
will we uh, still have a home game potentially? Uh, when would that home game come into play? All right, Matt. I appreciate it. Yeah, so unless you finish ninth, you get a home game because the first round of the playoffs is a home-and-home. Home. It's a two-game series. The playoffs will start in mid-October. Um, so unless Atlanta United finishes ninth or lower, it is going to get at least one home playoff game. MLS changes the playoff format seemingly every week, uh, depending upon which side of the coin lands on. It's a, a little maddening. I wish they would come up. Well, I wish they'd get rid of playoffs altogether. I don't like playoffs in sports in general. If you play this many games, you should know who the best team is. You shouldn't have to have playoffs to do that. And I think that should be true of baseball and NBA and NHL, maybe not NFL. But that's either here nor there. Next is David from Piedmont Park. Hey, Doug. I'm sitting here listening to Five Strike Final Podcast. And Sam Jones and Joe Patrick just said they were in a media trailer with you, those two guys, and maybe somebody else uh, from soccer down here. And y'all were talking about how many points we're going to get out of the final part of the season. And I'm thinking in my head, why in the world do they not record this conversation? We would pay for this kind of stuff. Uh, anyway... Just curious now, we got three in the bag. Tell me how many points we got left um, and what, what's the difference between those other guys and, and your predictions. Thanks so much. Love the show. Bye. Thank you, David. And I appreciate the compliment. Uh, I didn't say who picked what. I did say on the previous two podcasts ago what the range was from 9 to 18 among those of us who were participating in my little query. I didn't have the recorder going, so I didn't feel like it was an on-the-record conversation, so I didn't want to include the names in there. Um, I had said nine. I thought the team would not win in Seattle because winning in MLS is hard. Winning when you're going from East Coast to West Coast makes it that much more difficult. But now having beaten Seattle, massive three points. To get within just a few points of fourth place, uh, that's basically a steal of three points that Atlanta United did just in. So now I'll go 13 points they can finish with. And I don't know if they're going to finish in fourth. The good thing for Atlanta United is it has games against most of these teams that it's chasing remaining on its schedule. It plays at Philadelphia. It has two against Cincinnati. Um, it has DC, who is just fell below the line with last week's loss. It has Orlando. Um, they'd be trying to hold off the freight train that is Miami, which has the fewest points in Major League Soccer, but has also had three of the best players in the world at their positions. So if you want to give me your take on how many points, Send it to Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, or you can email me and I will add it into the next podcast. Now onto the mailbag, the traditional mailbag, not the voice mailbag. And again, that number is 404-526-2527. As I keep begging you to do, take out every other phone number on your phone and have that be the only one. Alan says, what are the odds that Yorgos Yakamakis wins the MLS golden boot? I think they're pretty good. If he could stay healthy, I mean, the man scores at a clip, uh, I think, better than anyone else in Major League Soccer. I need to go and look at Johannes's notes and see if he's got that in there this week. He usually does. But it's it's crazy how good he is uh, taking over that number and the expectations that the club had on Joseph Martinez back when he was fully healthy. It is good to see him scoring again for Miami, by the way. But he is in fifth but four players are tied for 12 goals, all one behind Mukhtar. Yakamakis has only played in 18 games. All the other guys have played in at least 22. If Yakamakis can stay healthy, 
over these final nine games, yeah, he could easily win the golden boot. Um, but he's got to stay healthy, and that's been the thing. He keeps getting hamstring issues. So we'll see what happens. Alan's second question, thoughts on how Liverpool will do this year in the Premier League and the Europa League? Well, I'm not going to recognize the Europa League as a, as a conversation-worthy topic. But in the Premier League, ah, I really like the Coda signing in central midfield, so I think they're going to finish top four. Um, you know, Man City spent all the money that it can possibly spend on all the players it possibly wanted. Newcastle, I've got bones to pick with Newcastle after the EPL games at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, so I just can't wish them any goodwill right now. I wish Darren Eels happiness. Um, Arsenal really, really reloaded the squad, really coming on strong. Man United, I don't think is going to finish top four. Chelsea, I don't think is going to finish top four. Aston Villa is a team to watch. They're a team that could surprise some people. DJ says, hey, Doug, can you give us an update on Miles Robinson and possibly if he leaves without being sold or signing a new contract or becoming a free agent? Uh, okay, some of those things are the same. Um, now, there is no update. It's the same as it was every time I've talked about this since the preseason. Atlanta United has a contract out to Miles, had one in May of last year, I believe it was, or sometime around there. Miles does not appear like he's going to sign. He wants to let the contract run out. He wants to become a free agent. I think he wants to go to Europe. He's never really said that. Um, but that's, you know, everyone's expectation is that he's going to go to Europe. Now, he could end up back at Atlanta United. The, the contract is for a max TAM deal. It's as much as you could pay a player without them becoming a designated player. So just in rough numbers, like $1.7 million is, is that. Um, if he becomes a free agent and gets no decent offers from clubs in Europe, which I don't think is going to happen, and gets no decent offers from clubs in MLS, he could come back and sign that deal with Atlanta United and remain a five-stripe. But that's a lot of buts and ifs, so we'll have to see. Our last question, uh, we're going to make this one the question of the week because this is a first-time supplier of queries. Donna says, as a fairly new soccer fan, I was puzzled by Atlanta United strategy at the end of its 2-0 win last week against Seattle. I understand the idea of using the four corners kind of offense, as in basketball, to protect your lead. But why didn't the team execute this on its side of the pitch instead of near the opponent's goal where the slightest error could be disastrous? I, th I, think, you, I think you wrote that backward, Don. I think you're asking, why didn't they do this at Seattle's end of the pitch instead of at their end of the pitch where anything could be disastrous. Um, there were a couple of instances late in the game in which uh, Atlanta United players had the ball coming down the wing, and I thought for sure they would go to the corner and try to, try to waste some time, but instead they put a cross in, didn't get to the player. Really, the going to the corner is a, an okay idea. I don't think you should do that until you're probably in extra time or stoppage time, I should say. Um, if you're still within... 90 minutes and you've got a one or two goal lead, go ahead and try to get another goal. I mean, the other team, if even if you turn it over, it's still got to go all the way back down the field again. It's still going to take time. If you're in the final couple of minutes and you realize, yeah, that we've got this in the bag or we just want to waste the time, then go to the corner or just do short passes around. Pineda talked a little bit about that idea today when Atlanta United started to lose control of the game to Seattle around the 30, 35th minute 
which is a common thing for Atlanta United this season. I keep saying it, and no one seems to believe me, but if you go back and you read the game stories or, or you watch the games, you'll see Atlanta United, most of the games controls until about the 30th minute, and then teams make an adjustment at a hydration break or something. Atlanta United does it counter, or they do, and it's just not effective. Not all the time, but the majority of the times. And the other team can get control. Same thing against Seattle. Pineda talked about it was just not managing game modes. When you get the ball, instead of trying to attack, realize we've got a 1-0 lead, we're getting near halftime, let's just see it out to halftime, and make the short passes. Just control the tempo for a bit. Frustrate Seattle. Make them run, for example. Um, and instead, Atlanta United kept trying to attack, and I thought they got over-aggressive and they lost their shape and and then just kind of abandoned the middle of the field, I thought, which made it much easier for Seattle to, to press and trap and things. So we'll see if it's a similar situation against Nashville on Saturday if they play the same or if they've learned a lesson from that. And Donna ends with pity the man who only knows one way to spell a word from Mark Twain. All right. That's a good quote. I'm going to end with my favorite quote. Hug your loved ones. Communicate with your loved ones. This is Southern Fried Soccer. Y'all take it. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. Pina Colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.